hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So happy you could join me today. I hope everyone had a great holiday and a happy new year. I tell you, it's good to be back. We took a break for a couple of weeks. Every year during the holidays, we take a family trip out west to, well, hone our skills sliding down the side of a mountain. And I think it's official. My 12-year-old is a better skier than I am. I tell you, it's so frustrating. Anyway, it's good to be back. Let's catch up on the markets real quick, and then we'll turn the discussion towards investment themes you might want to think about for this year. I think the best way to kick this off is to, well, welcome you to the 10th year of a bull market. Can you believe it? 10 years running. It started when my daughter was two. With the market closing higher in December, we had 14 months of consecutive highs. That hasn't happened in the last 90 years, at least that I could see, or maybe it never happened. What's even more shocking is that during that time, we haven't had more than a 3% correction. That's unheard of. People have actually forgotten what it's like to have the market go down. And I tell you, a 3% correction is normal. Over the last 100 years, it's happened on average every 22 days. I tell you, if we get a pullback, I mean a normal type of pullback, that 3% or so, I think it would scare a lot of people. I mean, just terrify them. We haven't had the normal type of volatility that we've historically had. It just hasn't been there. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing our annual outlook. It's an hour-long webinar, meaning we'll do it online. That way you can watch it from the comfort of your own home or wherever you might be. And I'll give you my thoughts on where we're headed this year and beyond. I'll spend some time on the big picture, but I'll tell you, most of it's going to be on stocks and their fundamentals because that's what we do. We're value investors, and I'm not trying to call the tops or the bottoms of the market. We let the fundamentals do the driving. Yes, we do have a kind of a macro filter when we're looking at things, but it's really the fundamentals that do the driving here. Now, to register, you can go to xmlfg.com and you'll see a banner in the middle of the page. And I'll tell you, it's pretty easy from there. It's going to be released on Saturday, January 27th at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's the weekend between the playoffs and the Super Bowl. So for you sports fans, it won't interfere with your plans. Unfortunately for me, my teams are already out of it. The Redskins and the Dolphins will be watching from home. After you register, we'll send you a link and a password sometime the week of the 22nd to the 26th. That way you know where to go. You can log in. It's pretty easy. So again, to register, you can go to xmlfg.com. And that's where you can also learn more about us and what we do for our clients. Now, as a little prelude to the seminar, a little Amos Bush, as the culinarians would call it, that little taste. I will say that I think the conditions that have driven the market over the last year are still in place. But, but there's always a but, right? But I do have some growing concerns for later in the year. Right now, 
it seems like it's the perfect Goldilocks scenario of not too hot, not too cold. And I'd suspect that returns are going to be more reliant on earnings rather than multiple expansion. It's a little bit different than what we've seen in the past few years, more reliant on earnings rather than multiple expansions. In other words, I don't think investors are going to be willing to pay more for a dollar of earnings, but yes, the earnings should increase. Let's talk about three possible investment themes for the coming year. Now, remember, you always need to do your own research. You just don't take my word for it. You don't buy something because you heard it on the radio or the TV, read it in a magazine, what have you. No, 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 no. You need to sit down. You need to do your due diligence. You need to make sure that it's appropriate for you and your situation. So the first thing, uh, first theme I want to talk about is dividends. In particular, I want to look at dividend growth. Everybody loves a good dividend, right? Over time, dividends can make up a significant portion of an investor's overall return. Right now, the Fed has started to raise Fed funds rates. And I think interest rates across the yield spectrum should begin to head modestly higher. As rates head higher, things like corporate bonds and treasuries look more attractive to income investors, and that comes at the expense of things like utilities and the REITs, which have acted as income proxies for the last several years. I don't like those right now. And of course, I think bonds or existing bondholders are going to have a difficult time going forward. I want to look at stocks that have a history of paying a solid growing dividend. I want to look at stocks that have grown their dividends at double digit at a double digit pace the last five years, because to me, it says three things. Number one, the company has a good balance sheet and that the company's generating free cash flow. That's something I talk about all the time here. And that's assuming that they aren't borrowing to pay that dividend. So balance sheets matter. So here you're going to need to do some digging. You want to look at their debt levels, make sure, again, they aren't borrowing just to pay that dividend. You need to find out what's going on here. Number two, it tells me that management is acting in a shareholder friendly way by returning capital to the owners, the shareholders. And number three, it tells me that management is confident enough in the near term outlook to raise the payout aggressively. Again, we're looking for these double digit dividend increases over the last five years. A couple of stocks that I've talked about on the show in the recent past that fit this bill. Well, one is Hershey's symbol HSY, and that's for you ultra conservative investors. There's also Lowe's symbol LOW. Lowe's has grown its dividend at better than 20% per year on average for the last five years. Heck, I'll even throw in a new one for you, one that I haven't talked about here on the show. So get your pencil and paper ready. It's Cisco symbol CSCO. Cisco's paying nearly a 3% dividend now. They started paying that dividend in 2011, and over the last five years, they've grown it on average of 48% per year. Now, of course, I don't expect them to keep that pace up. You just you can't run a marathon at a two-minute mile. No, I don't think they're going to keep up that pace, but they should continue to grow it, especially in light of the tax reform that we just got. And all the cash that they have offshore. If we peek at the balance sheet, and as I always say, balance sheets matter. 
a great deal. If we peek at the balance sheet, we'll see that Cisco has about $14 a share in cash sitting there. $14 a share. And if you take some of that and you pay off all their long-term debt, well, then they still have about $9 a share in cash. $9 a share after paying off the, the debt. I tell you, that bodes pretty darn well for continued dividend growth. It also makes the stock look pretty darn cheap too. Think about it. Think about it this way. The stock is trading at, uh, let's say $40, just a nice round number. And of that $40 stock price, we know that nine of it is sitting there in cash and you don't want to pay for cash. That's after paying off the debt. So let's subtract that from the stock price. You have $31 market cap, net of cash, and they're going to earn, at least I hope they do, about 250 this year. If I'm right, this stock is trading at about 12 times this year's earnings net of cash. That's, to me, pretty darn cheap. No doubt this dog has some fleas on it, though. Telling the truth here. The dog has some fleas, but I tell you, it's still a decent company. They have an outstanding balance sheet and the earnings are pretty darn predictable. If they grow at, say, 6% a year with a 3% dividend, well, that's a total return of about 9%, assuming the multiple doesn't expand or contract. I'm a buyer if it goes under $39. Now, the second one, the second so-called theme would be the consumer. Life is good. What do they say in Costa Rica? Pura Vida? Well, to the consumer, life is good. The consumer hasn't been this confident over in the last 10 years. And they're starting to open their wallets. They have opened their wallets. We just saw that in the retail stocks during this past holiday. That means that the home builders will probably keep chugging along. We'll see that uh, a couple, we'll see what a couple of them have to say in the next day or so when they report earnings. That'll be KB Homes and Lennar. The one I've talked about on the show before, D, uh, DHI, uh, DH Horton, I want to see what they say because they may be facing some margin pressures from rising building costs such as labor and lumber. So let's keep an eye on all these home builders. Another one I've talked about, which I think is going to benefit from the healthy consumer, is SYF, Synchrony Financial. The Fed, just this past week, the Fed released data that showed consumer credit growing at its fastest pace since the turn of the century. Sounds like a long time ago, but it's 17 years. And that's been driven in large part by the exceptional growth in consumer credit. The last time this kind of growth was seen on a consistent basis was back in 2007, which would potentially be concerning for some of you, were it not for the historically low household debt service levels and the good credit quality of the borrowers. And you throw on top of that a widening credit card interest rate spread. And this year, well, it should be a good year for the consumer finance stocks, people like Synchrony and Discover, symbol DFS. You know, I prefer Synchrony, symbols SYF. One last thing I will say before we move on is that Synchrony has had an effective tax rate of almost 37%. And you probably already know that corporate tax rates are going to go down to 21%. So 
Synchrony gets almost 100% of the revenues domestically. I think this is going to be big for them. Even after a little bit of a recent run, they're still only trading at about 12 times earnings. We need to step away, take a break, take a short break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about a few more stocks and a couple of themes. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We are back in a moment. You worked hard. You saved and invested along the way. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement. It's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website, xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. Well, welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. Again, a reminder, our seminar is coming up in a couple of weeks. Make sure you register. It's online. We're making it available to everyone at no cost. You can go to xmlfg.com and you can register there. If you're listening to the podcast, and obviously you are, if you feel so inclined, hit the like button. That way everyone knows that we have a good thing going on here. Before we went to the break, we were talking about a few investment themes for this year. We've already talked about two, dividend growth and the consumer. And we have time for probably one more here. How about we talk about these rising interest rates? The Fed, taking a cue from the consumer sector, has decided that the economy is strong enough to withstand higher short-term interest rates. Last month, the Fed lifted the Fed funds rate for the third time. That's the third time for 2017. And it's the fifth time in this cycle. We have a new Fed chair, Jerome Powell. Well, he's set to take over from Janet Yellen in just a couple of months. And she's been a, moder- uh, a monetary moderate. And I would expect that Powell would act deliberately according to the Fed's data. Now, with that said, it appears to me that interest rates and inflation are headed higher. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Ultimately, I think higher rates, both on the short and the long end, will eventually cut into corporate profit margins. I think a number of the benef- uh, a number of the financials will benefit in the meantime. I think the asset managers, folks like T. Rowe Price and BlackRock, I think they'll do well. If the stock market continues to head higher, their assets under management increase, and that's what they get paid off of. So their earnings increase. I think the life insurance companies could benefit here. Not my favorite, but I think they could benefit. Folks like MetLife, symbol MET, they could do well. Life insurance companies primarily invest in bonds, and the returns on their investment portfolios should increase over time because they can invest new money in higher paying securities. Think about it. They have this big bond portfolio, so they're receiving income off of that, and they're also receiving new premium. They could put all that money into higher yielding securities, so I think the the life insurance companies could benefit here. The banks should do well. They've increased their lending rates at a faster rate than they've increased their deposit rates, which leads to a higher net interest margin, which means they're making more money. 
The one I've talked about here on the show is USB, which I think is the best bank in America right now. US Bancor. They have a bit of a different business model when you compare them to what I call the big four. The big four would be Wells Fargo, JP Morgan, Citibank, Bank of America. USB's business model is a bit different. They have more fee income. And if it came back under, say, 52, I'd start nibbling. Under 50, I think, is a terrific deal. But under 52, I'd start nibbling. Now, to keep the lawyers and the compliance people happy, let me say right now that I personally own USB, US Bancor, Synchrony, symbol SYF, Lowe's, L-O-W, Wells Fargo, WFC, Cisco, CSCO, and DR Horton, symbol DHI. That's right. I'm eating my own cooking here. Well, it seems that we've run out of time allotted for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with new ideas. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.